Peace and blessings. This is Muslims for Peace podcast. You have tuned into Muslims for Peace podcast. Please subscribe to our channel. In any case, the Muslims got defeated. Uh, the, the pagans got defeated. They ran from the army like sheep. At that point, the Muslims committed a fatal, fatal, fatal mistake. Basically, when the archers on the side of the mountain, they saw the Muslims rushing to the spoils of war. They said, wait a minute, we want a share too. We want to get our hands on those spoils of war. So the attention in that moment shifted from Allah and truly fighting for religion to dunya. And that's the test. Sometimes my dear brothers and sisters, in the heat of the moment, Allah will suddenly test you. And you quickly shift from a godly intention, a godly cause to a worldly cause. And that's exactly what happened. They ignored the orders given to them by the Prophet. Their commander Abdullah ibn Jubair said, no, what are you doing? The Prophet said, don't move unless I tell you. He was very clear, you forgot what the Prophet said. They're like, look, the Prophet did say that, but he did not mean this situation. The Prophet meant if the battle was ongoing. But come on, we won the battle. Look at them like chickens fleeing from the battlefield. So, that's not what the Prophet meant, they justified. The Prophet told them, look, if the uh, birds come and snatch us from the sky, don't move. He, he specifically told them, if you see the pagans not fleeing the battlefield, if they reach Mecca, don't move. They clearly disobeyed the Prophet, but uh, their commander Abdullah bin Jubair, he was very disappointed, he said, no, I completely disagree. They started quarreling. Some of them said, yes, let's leave. Some of them, some of them said, no. In the end, out of the 50 archers, 40 left. 40 came running down from the mountain. 10 Abdullah ibn Jubair and 10 archers remained on the mountain. Abdullah says, I'm not moving from my place. The Prophet told me, you stay here, I'm going to stay here until he gives me permission. Look at the resolve and the iman that he had. By the way, a hadith indicate by um, Salaamu Alaikum, eyewitness accounts on the day of Uhud that when the Prophet saw them coming down from the mountain, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi called them by their name, oh so-and-so, so-and-so, do not disobey the Prophet, I'm here, don't come down from the mountain. They did not even look. You know, have you seen someone when they start salivating, they see something? That's, that's just like animals, astaghfirullah. But it's really sad what happened. This is not to, you know, attack any companion of the Prophet, but the Rasul, the Rasul is calling on you and blindly you go to get the spoils of war. So basically they disobeyed the Prophet and 40 of those archers, they came down from that side of the mountain Khalid ibn al-Walid he saw, he was instructed if the pagans get defeated, we're losing the battle, go with 200 horsemen from the back of the mountain and make a surprise attack and that's exactly what he did. When he reached the side of the mountain, he only saw how many archers? 10, it's easy, 
50 can ward them off, but not 10. So they attack those 10. So their commander, who was Abdullah ibn Jubair, and those nine with him, they were immediately martyred. All 10 were killed because they were no match. 10 cannot do anything towards 200, especially horsemen. 50, yes, they could have, but not 10. So they killed those 10. They made a surprise attack. And Khalid ibn al-Walid came from the back of the mountain with 200 armed horsemen. And what did he see in front of him? Muslims are running without a sword, without anything. They're running towards the battlefield to collect the spoils of war. So he charged at them from behind, killing them one after the other, slaughtering them on the day of Ahud because of the fatal mistake that those archers committed. So they encircled the Muslims from all sides. When the pagans who were fleeing, they saw Khalid ibn al-Walid making this victory, that boosted their morale, all of them came back to the battlefield. See, initially Imam Ali's victories pushed them away. But once they saw Khalid killing the Muslims, this gave them a new resolve, a new sense of commitment to the battle. So they picked up their swords, they came to the battle, and they circled Muslims from all sides. They kept killing the companions of the Prophet, 70 of them were killed. 70 companions of Rasulullah were killed on that day. Four of them from the Muhajireen, Hamza, the uncle of the Prophet, Mus'ab ibn Umair, Uthman ibn Shamas, Abdullah ibn Jahsh. These four from the Muhajireen were killed and the others were from the Ansar who were killed. Now, when this happened, when Khalid ibn al-Walid made this surprise attack and the pagans came from all direction and the Muslims felt disoriented because they were caught by surprise, they didn't know what to do and they saw the death toll rising, what did they do? They fled. They fled the battlefield except a few, five we'll talk about them. One of them was Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib salam, Abu Dujana, Sahl ibn Hanif and a woman that we'll talk about later. They stayed firm defending the Prophet According to one hadith, the Prophet looked at Imam Ali. He told him, Ya Ali, ma nas? what happened to my companions? Where did they go? The, Imam Ali salam told him, Kafaru ya Rasulallah, wallaw dubur min al-adu wa aslamuk. Ya Rasulallah. Practically they disbelieved. They let you down. They just turned their faces and they started running and they're submitting you to your enemy. The Prophet told Imam Ali, why, why didn't you go with them? The Imam told him, Ya Rasulullah, adhab wa ada'uka Ya Rasulullah. I go and I leave you here. A kufrun ba'da iman. I should disbelieve after having faith. Basically the Prophet was showing what the others did. Otherwise he's sure of Imam Ali. Then he says, life is not worth living after you, Ya Rasulullah. I'm not going to move from my place until I defend you. Until I die or Allah gives us victory. I'm not moving from this place. Then the Prophet saw an entire division charging at him. So he told him, oh Ali, defend me from this division, from this group, from this massive army that's coming after me. So the Imam salam like a very valiant warrior, he kept warding them off and defending the Prophet. 
until another division came. Another division, at one point the Prophet told him, Oh Ali, defend me from those who are coming. Imam Ali said to the Prophet, Ya Rasulullah, my sword is broken. I don't know what to do now. My own sword is broken. How can I defend you? At that point, the Prophet, if you remember, we talked about this before, he took out his own sword, Dhul Faqar. We talked about the history of Dhul Faqar, how Allah revealed this to Adam first, and the Prophets of God would use this against their enemies. This was the special sword of Rasulullah. The Prophet told him, Ali, take my sword, Dhul Faqar, go and kill them. So he started killing them one by one. After that, the Imam alayhi salam, Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib, as he was fighting fiercely, he sustained 99 injuries. Some hadiths indicate the wound would be so severe, parts of Imam Ali's body would be cut by the sword of the enemies, it would fall on the ground. The hadith from the Imam says, Jibra'il would come, he would pick up the flesh of Imam Ali and put it back in its place. Because the Prophet was this close to being killed. And really Ali ibn Abi Talib along with just two or three others, they were fighting with their last breath. So at that point, when the Prophet sees Imam Ali sustaining all these injuries, he raises his hand towards the sky and he says, Nunshiduka ya Rabb ma wa'attani. Oh Allah, you promised me that in the end will be given victory. فَإِنَّكَ إِنْ شِئْتَ لَمْ تُعْبَدُ Oh Allah, if we get killed, you won't be worshipped anymore. Who's going to worship you? Then in another dua, the Prophet said, Allahumma inna Muhammadan abduka wa rasuluk. Muhammad is your servant and your messenger. Ja'alta li kulli nabiyyin waziran min ahlih litashudda bihi abudah. You gave every Prophet a wazir, a successor, a helper from his own family to help him. And you have made my wazir Ali ibn Abi Talib. He is the best brother to me. He is the best wazir to me. Oh Allah, you promised that you will send 4,000 angels to support us on this day. Oh Allah, fulfill your promise. Where are the angels? When the Prophet made this dua, he saw a thunder coming from the sky. And then the Prophet looked to the sky, he saw Jibra'il with 4,000 angels coming. And Jibra'il, as he was descending with 4,000 angels, he said these historical words, لا فتى إلا علي ولا سيف إلا ذو الفقار. There is no man like Ali and there is no sword like ذو الفقار. Then Jibra'il tells the Prophet, Ya Rasulullah, let me tell you something, we the angels have been shocked at the sacrifice of Ali ibn Abi Talib, how he's literally willing to die for you. The Prophet says, I'm not surprised Ya Jibra'il, he's from me. Jibra'il said, and I am also from you too. When Imam Ali heard that, he cried and he asked Allah, he thanked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for giving him such an honor that Jibra'il comes to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa and he commends the Prophet on the sacrifices of Ali. The source of this hadith is not only in the book of Al-Kafi that we have, but in Sunni sources, we have Ibn Abi al-Hadid in his commentary on Nahj al-Balagha, in Sharh Nahj al-Balagha, he also mentions this.